It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yesterday, Zach Etheridge said what I've been saying for a long time. You love to see Freezing it. temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, at Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy War Report Wednesday to all who celebrate Mike G of the War Report hanging out with us today. Yesterday, Mike G, mm. Zach Etheridge, one of the several assistant coaches, made available to media, and he said, what I've been saying for a long, long time. Talking about Simpson's new role, and if he keeps his current trajectory, and the, the full quote is, if he studies it and embraces it, he will be a Sunday pick. I love Jalen Simpson. I will die on that hill. And the fact that he moved from outside corner to this new safety role, I love it. I absolutely love it, and, and I think this move made the defense better towards the end of last year. He moved there out of necessity, and now I think he can absolutely flourish in this role with a full offseason kind of just being, hey, you're a middle-of-the-field type dude. I'm all for Jalen Simpson. Yeah, I'm all about it, too. Listen, Jalen Simpson has been a big hitter as well, too. So moving to him to a safety role in some ways makes sense uh, for a guy who's got speed, size, and can hit. Um, you know, I like seeing him there. I think that uh, Zach Etheridge is making a good call on this. Uh, you know, it all comes back to a lot of th- a lot of what we talk about, and that's knowing the game, studying, knowing your assignment, being in position. You know, being a student of the game. You know, when we talk to players, a lot of them, it's it's crazy Zach how many of them don't learn how to watch film until you know, their senior year or until they get to the NFL. So I hope what these guys are teaching and what I've heard Jalen is learning is how to watch film properly. Um, And that's going to help him from a a safety position where he can kind of quarterback that secondary. Yeah, the full quote from Zach Guthridge. I think Semp has found himself a home. He's an elite player. If he handles everything that goes on with football, he could be a Sunday player, seeing his range, athleticism, ability to play man in the slot, the things that he can do. He can tackle well. His upside of that position is through the roof. And the thing I love about Jalen Simpson is like, even when he makes a mistake, Mike G, he's going all out. He's going all out. He's either hitting somebody or jamming some dude to the line of scrimmage or, you know, he's sprinting to the spot of the field that he's responsible for from a zone standpoint. He's not second guessing himself. He may be wrong from time to time, but he's not second guessing himself. And and I just think another offseason of him kind of developing as a football player, I mean, he can be a key part of this, right? I mean, we've talked a lot about how great DJ James can be. We've talked a lot about how Donovan Kaufman's so experienced and he brings a lot to this defense. We've talked about Keontae Scott being a dude at nickel that could be a really, really special player. But I would not be shocked if November or December rolls around, maybe Auburn's defense is a little bit better than what some of the national folks were saying. I would not be shocked if we could point to Jalen Simpson for one of the reasons why. Well, uh, think about it this way, uh, Zach. Think about how important that continuity uh, is at that position as far as coaching is concerned as well, too. Right. So, you know, uh, you know, Hugh Freeze came in and he retained some staff 
and it seemed like he made the decision to retain the right guys. Now, uh, Etheridge, you know, we've heard a lot of great things about him, obviously, as a coach. Um, and, you know, him as a guy who knows Jalen and does not have to start at square one, because a lot of times what happens when you bring in a new coach, Zach, guys have to re-earn their spot sometimes. Sure. They have to reprove themselves. And, you know, having Etheridge there, to keep that continuity going means Jalen doesn't have to start from square one. You have a coach that already recognizes what he can do and can get him faster into positions where he can make plays. I like, I like this from every angle. Jalen should be a star, all things considered. And, you know, the secondary is probably going to be one of the stronger uh, position groups on this team going into the fall. Yeah. I, I don't know where you stood for most of the time in practice earlier this week, Mike G, but for folks who did not tune in yesterday, just to kind of make sure we're all on the same page here. The rotation at outside corner, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk, like do we see Keontae Scott with the outside corners? Do we see Kay and Lee with the outside corners? The rotation at outside corner, as far as their order, how they went through things, was Nehemiah Pritchett, mm-hmm. DJ James, Kay and Lee, and then J.D. Rim. And and to me, I love all of those guys as outside corners. Kay and Lee, I think, could just kind of do anything. Just being honest, it was going to be interesting to see how they used them. But, but I think they just love Keontae Scott, and, and I just don't think they're going to take Keontae Scott off the field too often, <laughs> Mike, right. next year. I think he's just going to play a ton. All right. And so, you know, Kay and Lee can play you know, at one of those two corner spots this year as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see um, if he truly does hop J.D. Rim. It's first practice, right? And we'll talk more about the implications of that later in the show. But, like, the, the fact that he's even close to J.D. Rim, like, that's that's great. That is awesome. Like, we yeah. all should be very happy about that. Yeah, for sure. Listen, um, again, the the defensive back room is deep. There are a lot of great guys in there, um, you know, and even some guys who didn't see the field really last year that are still four-star guys coming out. I mean, they've got a lot of options at defensive back. So, uh, to your point, the fact that he's so close, right, um, is actually a good thing because – Again, you need depth in this league, Zach. You need more than one guy that can do the job. And uh, being able to have a guy who can spell your starter, come in, and then they think, oh, we can attack this guy on the field. But no, No, you can't. You can't, really. It's going to be definitely an advantage for them on defense. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And so just uh, the defensive back room, I love that it's living up to what we think it was supposed to be. I think it's actually going to get to that point. I mean, how many times have we built up a room I think we've kind of seen this when we talked about pass rush over the last few years. It's been like, this is the strength of the team. This is the strength of the team. Then it, it really wasn't, right? It was fine. Or it was good, but they had two or three games throughout the season. But you look at the DB room, and it's like, no, I, I think this is going to be as good as we think it could possibly be, which is great, which is good for, for every layer of the defense because I think they're going to be aggressive. And with what Ron Roberts wants to do defensively as far as creepers and, and the things that go along with that, they're going to have the chance to – to force some turnovers through the air, which will be very, very fun. Mike Absolutely. G, let's stay, let's stay defensive. Let's stay defensive in just a moment and talk about some of the different linebacker pairings that we saw in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And right now, they've got their no-sweat first bet going on up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. But all of you guys are so smart. You guys listen to this show. I'm sure your first bet will hit. But if it doesn't, FanDuel will take care of you. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 
It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That is fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Mike G., our guest, as he always is on Wednesdays. The linebacker pairings are interesting. I talked about this a little bit yesterday, and we saw different looks as far as the guys that were going in and out. And once again, first day of practice, take all this for what you will. But you saw Wesley Steiner and Eugene Asante next to each other. Interesting. Then you saw Jake Levant and Cam Riley next to each other. You saw Austin Keys and Robert Woodyard together. And then it kind of seems like you saw DeMario Tolan with a handful of different dudes. Take that for what you will. Right. If you were defensive coordinator with all the information you have now, and obviously this coaching staff has way more than we do, rightfully so, but if you had to field two guys right now, just first snap of the game, who are you going with? Wait, we had Austin Keys, and who was who was with him? Austin Keys was with Robert Woodyard. That's what I'm going with right there. Okay, how come? Keys and Woodyard. Um, obviously, uh, you know the Keys pickup was a big one. I felt like it was a big one. Sure. You know, now Woodyard was a guy that we flipped uh, from Bama. Highly anticipated that it would be, you know, um, you know, it was a great take. It was a great take from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, under in this system. Uh, you know, I like the experience with the talent there. I like that. And because, you know, I don't know, man. The experience with, of Keys from what he did at Ole Miss with yeah, the talent of with Woodyard. The, ta- the talent of Woodyard, yeah. Four-star kid, Alabama wanted him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he talented linebacker. Sure. Right, yeah. I like that combination. Now, uh, if I had to play with these, some combination of maybe Keys and – Cam Riley, sure. You know, um, I don't know. There, there's some, there's some other combinations I like, but based on, based on the question and what they put out there, I would probably yeah. go with Keys and Woodyard. Yeah, Tolan's one of mine that I would do for sure. And I kind of go back and forth with like it's easy to talk yourself into Woodyard. I don't think Woodyard's necessarily a play for this year. Mm-hmm. Gut feeling. I, I just don't think they go out to the portal and get those guys if they don't think. That he's going to be a key guy this year. I think he could be a key guy next season. We'll certainly wait to see. I'm pulling for him this year. But I'd probably go, I'd probably go Tolan and Cam Riley right now. Just because okay. of their ability, I think. And some of this is speculative, right? Okay. Because we haven't seen Tolan play a whole lot of college football, but his traits are certainly there. And Cam Riley, we didn't see as much as we wanted to last year due to injury, but I think he's got the ability to do it. My biggest hang-up with Cam Riley is I think when he has to read stuff, I think his first step is slow. But I think with what Ron Roberts does, especially with creepers, is if he's told to go, I have no doubt that he'll be able to just go 
and, and hit a gap or pursue a quarterback if it's a passing situation, whatever it may be. And I think the same for Demario Tolan. I think both of those guys' ability to blitz and create pressure or the word that they use, uh, havoc, I, I think I like the pairing of both of them because, look, I, I think there's a lot of upside with Demario Tolan. I think his traits are great. Keys, Keys and Riley are similar to me, but I think I think Keys has more experience. I know he has more experience. That's mm. not an opinion thing. Or, But Riley... I think Riley has better traits than keys. He just hasn't been consistent with them at all. And I'm not quite ready to say that's Cam Riley's fault. Okay. I'm right. Like I'm cool blaming coaching up to this point. Can he snap out of it though? No clue. No clue. And we won't know until, until the season's here. Uh, you know, I asked, I asked you freeze a question about narrowing down reps and identifying your guys. And he gave me kind of a, weird coach speak answer about not narrowing down anything and even reps and stuff. I think maybe he assumed I was talking about quarterbacks, but, um, <laughs> which you is know, probably fair, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, but I meant for everybody, uh, because you have a lot that you have to evaluate this spring everywhere. O line yeah. linebacker. I mean, you've got a lot that you've got to figure out. Uh, so this is one of the questions that I have when you talk about coaching and cam Riley about how fast he can make up right ground with a new staff. That's, starting everybody from zero in their mind. Yeah. Uh, I kind of mentioned this when we we're talking about uh, defensive backs and Zach Etheridge. You don't have that same continuity in the linebacker room at coaching. Uh, so all these guys are going to be trying to jockey for position and be coach's guy, right? Be coach's go-to guy. Cam yeah. Riley, there's a lot to like about Cam Riley. There's a lot to like about his effort. There's a lot to like about his upside. Um, can he learn the game, be a student of the game, just like we're talking about in that defensive back room, what Zach Esper is talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, a lot of these guys, Zach, the edge that they get, it's so it's mental a lot of the times, right? It's not always the most talented guy on the field, right? It's a guy who knows what to do and is there when it's time to do it <laughs> every single time. You know, the guy that can be depended upon. Can Cam Riley make himself that guy that they can depend on on defense because, you know, there were, wasn't a whole lot that could be depended on in that linebacker room last year. So, yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see if he can be that guy. Well, and, I mean, to your point, like Cam Riley should be a better linebacker at this point of his career than he is. Right. Once again, I'm not ready to point at him and say it's his fault. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter, and Cam Riley would probably agree. And, look, some of it has to do with he missed too much time last year. It stinks. Nobody wants to get injured. I mean, that's just, that's just, it stinks. Nobody wants to miss time because of that. Mm -hmm. And just the ability that he could have probably picked up with more reps in SEC play. I think that's certainly part of it. Right. But also, you know, I, I don't know how much the defensive front in front of him helped last year either. I mean, we talked about that, like with Deshaun Davis, like how good was Deshaun Davis? I think Deshaun Davis was pretty good, but like the guys in front of him ate up a ton of blocks. I think right. you're going to see more of that this year too. I think I think the defensive line and the depth. I mean, they're six or seven deep with defensive linemen that you feel pretty good about. They can play different spots. I think it's going to help the linebackers as well. Whether it's Keys, whether it's Tolan, whether it's Riley, whether it's Asante, whether it's Woodyard, doesn't matter who it is. I think they're all going to get the benefit of the doubt with all of that and the scheme that Roberts has. My biggest thing is when these guys like when Cam has to think. And I don't know if I don't know if it's a I don't know if it's a post snap thing or a pre snap thing. I'm not sure. I don't know. But that first step isn't quick enough. It's just not as it's not instinctive yet. 
Right. And if they can clean that up just a little bit, it don't have to be a lot. Mike, I, I think he's close. But if it's just a little bit, it's just a little bit, I, I, th- I think he could be a really, really good SEC linebacker. Yeah, to round this out uh, on your point about in- instinct, uh, guys who play on instinct play fast. And that first step is important to being a guy to a spot or getting where you need to be just a little bit faster than the next guy. That 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 fraction of a second matters at the speed of the game in the SEC. So, you know, if he can get that right, if they can get him there, then yeah. uh, he's going to be a he's going to be a great linebacker for Auburn next year. Two more notes, just real quick. Um, Jake Levant was everywhere yesterday, is what I was mm. told. Like he was very very involved, so I think that's exciting. And then. It doesn't sound like this coaching staff's counting out Wesley Steiner. A lot of Auburn people have counted out Wesley Steiner, and he's getting plenty and plenty of reps. And so I, I think that's could be good, could be bad. I mean, athletically, Wesley Steiner could do everything you want him to do. It's just can he put it all put it all together? Um, I think his case, I think he's a little bit farther away than Cam Riley is, but still, we'll um, we'll certainly see what he's able to do. Mike G, you're a practice. Mm-hmm. earlier this week let's jump into some of your general takeaways in just a moment right here on locked on auburn it's kubota orange day shop the year's best selection of kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the usa and now through june 30 get zero percent apr for 84 months or up to 3300 off select compact tractors see the details at kubotaorangedays.com your family your land and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. I want to encourage you to join the Lockdown Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. Mike G, it sounds like you spent a lot of time watching the quarterbacks and the pass catchers. What stood out to you when you were watching these guys little do, uh, do a little pass and catch on Monday afternoon? Nick Mortner is massive. Lanky boy. Oh, my goodness. He's a big guy. Hugh Freeze got asked a question about catch radius. And he talked about, you know, having needing a catch radius in this league and being able to go out and essentially, I'm paraphrasing, get a ball that's thrown anywhere around you. And I can't help but think about Nick Mortner after yesterday's practice, man. Like, when he went by, it felt like, like a train passes and you're standing by a railroad track. Like, mm. like you, like you can't miss him. He is such a presence. And sure. I mean, who was the last Auburn receiver with that sort of like height that we've had that, you know, is, is that much of a presence? Uh, you know, Sammy. Auburn, yeah. That's Sammy the first, Coates. That's the first one that comes to mind. And we got to dig all the way back to 10 years ago for that. Right. Just so, about. Yeah. So it it's um it's going to be interesting to see. I think that there's been a lot of talk about um about Camden Brown. There's been a lot of talk about Coy Moore, uh, and you've got this kid who's come in, and he I think he's one of these hungry kids that he's been talking about uh, that's going to get a chance to go out there and show what he can do. I mean, uh, he was in front of your guy. He was in front of Malcolm Johnson yeah, Jr. Yeah, man. Listen, catch radius is a thing. And being able to go up and get a ball and help these quarterbacks out who may be less than accurate might be something that's on the forefront of Hugh's mind. So, you know, I know a lot of people want to talk about the quarterbacks. I don't think we saw anything super interesting there yesterday. All I can say is 
you know, I, I looked at the wide receivers quite a bit and I couldn't help but notice Nick Martiner. So I, I'm excited to see what he's going to do as the spring progresses. I We've said this before, and I think we kind of said it a little bit last year too. It's the first time, though, in a while I felt this confident about the wide receiver room. Mm. Now it's just, um, can we can we find a guy that can get it to him consistently? Right, right. And I'm not confident that person's on the roster right now, Mike G. I'm just mm. not. I don't feel super great about the quarterback situation. And a lot of people say I'm overreacting to day one. Well, that's cool. Whatever. You can say whatever you want. But I, I'm just not sold anybody's going to be significantly better than they were a year ago. Tell me yeah. I'm overreacting, please, because I want to be wrong. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if Hugh, Hugh Freeze is the quarterback whisperer, is he not? You know, and in all of his first stops as head coach, which would include Arkansas State, um, uh, um, I'm Miss. sorry, Ole Miss and Liberty, mm-hmm. uh, he worked with a quarterback that was already on the roster. Uh, so that can't be understated. And in all of those situations – particularly Arkansas State and Liberty, quarterback productivity improved from the year before he got there with guys who were already on the roster to, you know, that first year when he was there. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, yeah, we I asked this question straight up. And, and Zach, you know, I feel like it's fair to ask this question again and again and again until we get a good answer about quarterbacks because he touted two things, turning programs around quickly and being able to – uh, work with poor quarterbacks, develop quarterbacks. So you've got some guys that have talent. There's arm talent. There's athleticism there in that room. Right. Uh, whether those guys can make the jump, you know, I don't know. Like, I think maybe you have some, there's some biases there based on performance, which are fair, uh, uh, you know, with the guys that are in there. But uh, l- l- I mean, let's talk about Hughes first stops, right? When he got to Arkansas state in 2011, um, they went 10 and three overall, eight no in conference. They played two power five teams. They lost both those games, but his quarterback was Ryan Alton. That guy, that guy went 304 uh, for 63%, uh, just shy of 64% completion percentage, and he threw for 3,500 yards. I take that out of anybody we have on this roster next year in terms uh, of production. Yeah, I, w- I would take that in a heartbeat. Right. Um, Bo Wallace, 63%. Just uh, six yards short of 3,000 yards. Bo Wallace is better than all of these quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He, you know, Absolutely. I mean, okay. All right. We're talking about guys who have. If you know, Bo Wallace, a few years ago, Bo Wallace could transfer here, we would all project him to be the starter. All of us. Yeah. See, I don't know. I don't know. I think we watched these quarterbacks under a different coach. And again, that's a bias that we're holding against them based on what they look like in that system. If these guys came in under Hugh Freeze in their first year, I get it. You're making a great point. I'm just not, I'm just not sold yet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I I get it. Right. Same thing with um, uh, Cal Stephen Calvert was Hugh Freeze's quarterback at Liberty. Uh, He went uh, sub 60%. He still threw for 3000 yards though. That's good. Right. So, you know, I think personally, no, I don't want to say no matter because I don't want people to hear it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. But I do think that it is reasonable for fans to expect at least 3,000 yards passing and something north of 60% completion percentage based on what he's accomplished throughout his career 
in year one and what he said about being able to develop quarterbacks. How so, many 3,000-yard passing years do we have? Did Cam? I don't even think Cam did it. Uh, I mean, it's not <laughs> it's not a great it's not a great stat that I think we should like necessarily be like super pumped about. Well, I mean, let's let me put it this way. Um, it would be an upgrade in consistency at that position. And it mean it probably mean our wide receivers are eating a little bit more than they have been in the past. And I think it would, I just think it would help open up the offense quite a bit. I think you can run we have two. your playbook. We have two seasons with 3,000 yard passers. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let me, can I guess who they are? Sure. Jason Campbell. Jason Campbell is fifth all time. He had 2,700 and 04. Oh, man. So strikes, a swing and a miss there. I would have guessed Jason Campbell. Jared Stidham did it, did he not? Jared Stidham. Yeah, Jared Stidham. He, he, he was number two with 31.58. He's also fourth. His 2018 season uh, had the fourth highest with just under 2,800. Somebody so. weird like Chris Todd, right? Like, is it Chris Todd? Nope, Chris Todd's not in the top 10. Mm. Um, Damian Craig. Damian Craig? Okay, yeah. I was go- I was going to go old school, but I was like, eh, it's got to be more recent, right? Yeah, um, 1997. Mm. So. so, it's rare, but I think... You know, for a guy who always has an 800-yard receiver on his squad, I think it can be an expectation that more consistency at that position is not a pipe dream with the guys that, that are currently in the room, with one of the guys that are currently in the room. Yeah. So. Bo Nix never did it. I'm doubting Wikipedia now. I'm just. Yeah, it's it seems weird, but he threw the ball during his career at Auburn almost more than any other quarterback in terms of attempts. Yeah, no, Bo really wasn't even that close. He got above 2,500 as a freshman and then never got across that again. It's, it's then ast- he goes to Oregon and throws for 3,500. Yeah, so it's astounding with as many attempts as he had at a, as a quarterback here. I mean, even... Um, just a broken you know, offense. Oh, man. Uh, it, just, it, it was so bad for quarterbacks. And that's why I'm saying, okay, so how can I... Then, like, you know, how can I hold that against these guys in this room? And, you know, until I've seen it. So I'm with you. I get the skepticism. I do get the skepticism, but uh, I'm not quite where you are in terms of the guy may not be in this room. Yeah. No, and there's a chance we go out there on Monday and they're slinging it around. And I'm like, sweet. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Take that, Zach Blackerby. Let's go. I I hope so. I hope so. If they want to be good in spite of me, that'd be great. I'll hey, take that. I'll it. take that every uh, every single day. Mike G, how can people give you some love, brother? Ah, man, just head on over to YouTube. Hit subscribe. We're on the race to 20,000 subscriptions now. <laughs> just hit 10, now on 20. Uh, but subscribe. we got some great things coming over at the War Report. We're releasing an interview with former linebacker Zacoby McLean. So check that out on the YouTubes when you get a chance. Uh, That'll be Thursday. Fantastic. Fantastic. You can find all my written work at auburndaily.com. We will see you tomorrow for a little Cruton Thursday. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.